Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports. That affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. It's one-to-one. Bottom of the ninth inning. Bases loaded. Can tell Marte at the plate. Kimbrell deals at 0-1. That's into center field. It's down. In the score is Smith. And the Diamondbacks walk off the Phillies in game three. Can tell Marte. We have a series. Diamondbacks a winner 2-1. That's also the same score in the series. But Phillies lead the series 2-1. The pitcher was fantastic. Rookie Brandon Fox. Our team's awesome. We don't we don't stop fighting. And like I said, that was a big win for us to get the momentum on our side, and we're just gonna keep going after it. He became the first rookie pitcher in the entire history of Major League Baseball's postseason to have back-to-back starts of no earned runs, no walks. Wow. Tori Lavello, what'd you see from the rook? Brandon was unbelievable. Brandon threw the baseball as good as you possibly uh, could have hoped or imagined. And once again, you know, it's it's the young kid stepping into a huge environment and executing at a very high level. That, that's what stands out for me. Game four this afternoon. Christopher Sanchez goes for the Phillies. Bullpen day for the Diamondbacks. Joe Mantiply gets the start. First pitch, 5.07. Suns a winner in Palm Springs, 123 to 100. They crushed the Lakers. It was the last preseason game of, well, I guess the preseason before the regular season gets underway. Booker and Beal were out. KD scored 21 points in only 17 minutes. Now the Suns also announced that Amari Stoudemire will be inducted into the Ring of Honor. That'll be on a Saturday, March 2nd. And this is pretty cool. Well, not the fact that it's against the Rockets, but that is Amari Stoudemire. All right. I kind of choked on that one. Game one of the season is Tuesday. Suns at Golden State, 7 o'clock. Successful road trip picking up four points. Dominated the Blues 6-2. Outshot St. Louis 42-26. Three for four on the power play. Yotes were up 2-0 when St. Louis scored to make it 2-1. And 42 seconds later, Carcone with the uh, goal that was probably the biggest point in the game. Andre Torini. Yeah, that, I think that's the key moment in the game, I think. The... We played a good game until then, and then they scored the first goal. A little bit of a soft play, good play by Dan. Yo's home opener tomorrow night, 7 o'clock against Anaheim. Oh, boy, is this a test. Sun Devils on the road against number five, Washington. And what have they been doing all week? Playing extremely loud music to get ready for what the coach says is the loudest venue in the Pac-12. You got a kickoff at 7.30 tomorrow night. Buda Baker practicing like he's going to play. It felt great to be back out there with my teammates and, uh, you know, just getting back into football. ASU's in Seattle. So are the Cardinals. They take on Seattle. Kickoff Sunday at 1. 
This is it for the Rising. First game of the playoffs. If they're out, it's over. They're at San Diego. Kickoff Sunday at 7. And finally, meet 37-year-old Melissa Graziano in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. Why did the police know her very well? Because they already knew her driving privileges had been revoked. They didn't realize when they pulled her over last week that she had 16 other active warrants. When they told her they were going to tow her car, she said no. Got into a massive argument and then did what everybody should do. She just ran. She made it 100 yards away from the car before the police proved that they're faster than she is. Oh, by the way. One last thing about Melissa. When she ran away from the car, she left her 12-year-old daughter in the car to fend for herself. What? Did you just think you're never going to see her again? Wait. Mom of the year! Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. If you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen for the food, you're going to be shocked what a great bar it is. And if you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen because you want to experience a great country bar, you're going to be shocked at how great the food is. And if you want something different to do this weekend, on Sunday, head out to Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Main Street, Old Town Scottsdale, and they got the car show in which they actually... Shut down the street a little bit. Cars that are pre-1990, plus they've got pastries and they've got coffee. And you can walk in later for the honky-tonk brunch and have a great meal at Bell's National Kitchen. You found home. Down home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's, here's all the parameters. We have a series again. Buddha is back. KD was on fire, and I got tickets to the game. The only thing that would be better is beer. Oh, wait, I got it. (laughs) Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Mercs. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Explain something to me for those of you that are old. Have I earned the right to have old school Doug and Wolf? Or not Doug and Wolf. Uh, old school Doug Franz Unplugged? I feel like this. If you were with me for the first like four months of Doug Franz Unplugged overnight, 
then you're old school. So do you, I mean, how many times did I butcher that intro? And when I nail it, I still get just as jacked up. I still get just as jacked up. And then yesterday, oh my gosh. I was just running around like crazy, so I didn't get to watch most of the game live. And uh, and then I got uh, I stopped by. I said uh, as I was listening to the game, every time I got back in the car, I said, "Screw this!" And I was driving by my sports bar that's on the west side, which is Red Sports Grill in uh, at the Wigwam. So I watched the last two innings of the game at the bar there. Then I went home, and then I went into talk show host mode and watched the whole game off the DVR with the uh, uh, while keeping score and taking my notes and stuff like that so I did that then I watched the I tried to watch the ALCS and you know I'm a baseball guy but I fell asleep (laughs) I did I just I fell asleep in my chair and then did hardly anything after that yesterday so boy it was fun to watch CEO Chris Jeff Weir production and Izzy this morning all running around like crazy and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to get into work early so I can help. I got here at about 4:25. Izzy and Jeff both beat me in when I thought I'm coming in early. And even CEO Chris got a like CEO Chris. He wanders in sometime 10:30 in the morning. You never know when he comes in. And today he got in here at like five o'clock. And like Jeff, I'm intimidated. I am terribly intimidated when this when CEO Chris gets in here this early. Are you ready? You ready? It's Beer Friday. Oh, yeah. I'm Great little... beer! I was trying to time that out, and I butchered <laughs> that. I, I stepped all over him. I was I was worried. I did, too. <laughs> <laughs> How was your Thursday? Are you? Did you earn your Beer Friday? Absolutely. Cons- considering I made you run around like crazy this morning? Oh, yes, yeah. sir. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, today's show, of course, you can imagine D-backs, 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 D-backs. But also, I'm going to try to do this. I don't know if we can pull this off for sure. But one of my good friends, his name's Mike Butcher. He's the old pitching coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He now owns the pizzabutcher.com. It is a food truck. He's, he's a big-time foodie. And he said, you know what? I want to do this for a living because he didn't want to move. And there was only specific organizations that he would go back to work for and said, you know what? I'm done with that rat race. I, I want I want to embrace this. So he owns a food truck and it's just awesome. I mean, and then his logo is awesome. He's sitting there with with a uh, uh, looking like he's on the mound and it's called the uh, the, um, the what is it? The pizza butcher. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah, it's funny. It's just hilarious looking to me. So he's got a gig this morning, but if he gets good Wi-Fi, he's just going to log in and go. So today's show, we're going to be in the middle of something, and boom, if all of a sudden we see Mike Butcher's smiling face, the show stops and we go straight to Mike Butcher and be able to talk to him about last night because I am dying to talk to him about the decision to take out Brandon Fott. How can I go on a rant when a move works? And I hated it. I mean, I hated the move that Tori Lovello did. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later, but I'm so, so jacked up and gung-ho about today's show. And then one other thing we're going to try. I've been trying to do this for a while. That's weird. When I see the cursor on my screen, I got I to gotta admit to you, I almost duck like something is flying at me, Jeff Weir Production. <laughs> That's I, my fault. <laughs> but it, it doesn't, like, you know, it's just us. It doesn't offend me. I don't care. If you're, if you're listening to the podcast right now, and on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, but you haven't made the transition, please join us here at WTSMTV.com. 
You can watch it on demand for free if you email me and ask me for the special secret code, okay? And so you can always see it. Well, just for a split second, a little thing on the screen came by, and I immediately moved. Uh, And it was just kind of funny to me. Like, well, what am I doing? There's nothing in my actual studio coming at me, and yet I, I have out of the side of my uh, face, out of the side of my face, out of the, uh, uh, it's going to be one of those days, I think. I just feel that. Out of the corner of my eye, I see a screen that's got kind of me on it and go Bobcats colors. And so I react when I see something like I got to move out of the way. And then I realize I'm not driving and that something's not flying at the windshield. But anyway, if you are old school Doug Franz Unplugged, you remember the tailgate shows I used to do monster shows three, four hours on Fridays to get you through every game. And I've been trying to figure out how can I pull off the tailgate show and i think next year i'm going to do something all week long so we can piece it together and then create a show for fridays called the tailgate show but uh one of the things i always used to do was breakdown 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 and if you don't know the story of that i hate the word breakdown i hate it and the reason why i hate it is because every time you're watching one of those things that say coming up on the visa halftime show and then or anybody that does promo work they will always say we're gonna break down something and i always mock that phrase because what it really means is you're too stupid to understand it until the genius me comes in and breaks it down for you and everybody in the media has fallen into that trap that somehow that's a good promo. Like, have you ever felt like you needed to go to the bathroom or you needed a beer or you needed food? And as you're sitting there, some broadcaster says, coming up, we're going to break down. And they go, oh, hey, hey, hold my beer. They're going to break down the first half. I can't wait. What else do you do at halftime? So I would, when people, whenever somebody said the word breakdown in a meeting, I would just start going, they would go, yeah, we can do this, we can do this, and then I want to break down this. And I would just go, break down, break down, break down. You know, and you can imagine people are asleep in a meeting, and all of a sudden some guy's yelling and pointing. It just, people either thought I was an idiot, thought it was hilarious, or both, every time. So... One time I did it on air on accident on the old show. And I Wolf said, we're going to break down something while we were recording a promo. And I just, break down, break down, break down. You say it so well, though. It stuck. It stuck. So now we're bringing that back. And here are the rules of break down, break down, break down, so you know. You get everything that is relevant about the biggest games of the weekend or the local games of the weekend one or the other so i give you the teams the game time the station to watch it i give you the spread i give you some good stats and then izzy and jeff went to town by putting together uh, what we call sound different quotes from coaches and players that you can learn a little bit about the game and ceo chris put together an intro but if you're old school it's that same funny high tempo music so we're going to try this today and just so you know on the old way i used to do it it would take me about an hour to put that together an hour of putting everything in timing it out mixing it with the music it was it was crazy how much time i put into an 11 minute segment now we're going to try to do it live and I remember how many times I had to edit that thing to get it to fit into 11 minutes. And now I'm going to try this live. Ah. Come watch our train wreck. 
And I appreciate you giving me credit for that, but uh, that was all Izzy. Oh, was it? I, I know I sent it to both of you, so I didn't know. But Izzy put together sound of it, so I'm here we go. Here we go. So hopefully I don't butcher that. And then as Izzy and I start to get to know each other better in the confines of both being on air, I want to bring Izzy in and do back and forth. And so it'll keep growing. So if you're old school, you'll love seeing it live. I don't think I will, but you will, because it'll, it'll either be great or hilarious. One or the other. I don't know which. So uh, have fun with us today uh, when we try to pull that off. All right. I did find something, too, by the way. I'm going to go ahead and push it up there okay. for you. How's that look? Mm. That's fantastic. <laughs> well done. That's Mike Butcher, always wore jersey number 23. And uh, here's what's awesome about this. And don't tell anybody, okay? This is between you and I, as members of the Unplugged Army. He gives me full credit for the name, the Pizza Butcher. And I, I don't think I did it. <laughs> I remember him talking to me about it. And I said, well, come on. I said, maybe make it the Pizza Butcher. And I, nah, never mind. Because, I mean, it's not like you, you butcher pizza. And I said, but I, I, whatever you name it, I do see you with a big cleaver. I mean, if you're the butcher, you got to have some big knife. So I helped him with some ideas, and suddenly he gave me full credit. Like, I think I deserve about 20% of the credit. He gives me all that. It's like, yeah, okay, hey, just give me pizza, you know? Come out here and set up shop here in the parking lot. I mean, there are so many people that work in this building. I guarantee you, you'll sell a pizza. One. So I can't wait to have him. Hopefully he can join us. Uh, sound credits today. I don't think we have a ton of sound, but I don't think we have a, a ton of sources. Am I right? We The highlight you saw is from MLB.com, but officially the, the rights are held by – Is that oh, that's on TBS. So the rights are held by TBS. Uh, we got MLB PR, Coyotes PR, and we, we stole some Kenny Dillingham from Sun Devil Sources' YouTube channel. I don't think we have anything else, do we? AZ Cardinals. Oh, I didn't say that. Thank you. AZCardinals.com. We got some Buddha. Can't wait to talk Buddha. I basically think that's it. Uh, yeah. You got anything, Jeff? We good? We are good. All right. Let's roll. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today. Cattell Marte, fantastic. Fantastic. For you to be batting around 340 in the postseason, I'd have to look it up to see what it is officially, and to not have some of your terrible throwing errors, even though a couple of them were Christian Walker bailing you out. And then coming through exactly how the highest paid non-Madison Bumgarner on the roster should, that was fantastic yesterday. And it's and to be the first walk-off since Gonzo in a Diamondbacks postseason game? Come on, how cool is that? And, and how important it was. And then you want to talk about clutch. Brandon Fought did something we never thought was possible. He allowed Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly to breathe. Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly were terrible against that lineup. I, Kelly wasn't terrible. Gallen was. Now both pitchers can say, you know what? If the rookie can do it, and just calm down and be able to execute their pitches, think about we've been in this situation before, and Brandon Fought in the entire history of Major League Baseball became the first rookie pitcher to ever go no runs no walks in back-to-back postseason starts so many things fell in line yesterday and you finally saw the Diamondbacks play really good baseball 
and ended up as the winner because of it. And what's great about that game is they were able to defeat a closer while pushing the limits. That by when you do that, now what are the Astro, Astros? Am I already thinking about the World Series a little bit? <laughs> I probably shouldn't. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't be doing that a little bit, but you just can't help it sometimes. But anyway, what they were able to do is when you extend that, I'm trying to find how many pitches he threw. I think it was 25. I think it's 25. I can't find it in my notes. But Craig Kimbrell threw about 25 pitches yesterday. It means he's still ready to go today. But if he has to throw today, and if you can beat him today, there's, you beat him twice and he can't go tomorrow. Now, he probably would try, but now the advantage is totally Diamondbacks. That's why it's so big to get a win against a closer like the Diamondbacks did and stretch it out with a bases loaded single. It was just a fantastic moment for Diamondbacks fans. The crowd was fantastic, and I think you might have heard about it, but one of the biggest stories in in American sports yesterday was Philly fan. And the mocking of Diamondbacks fans. There were Philly fans that were still in Philadelphia that bought tickets to Chase Field just so they would be empty seats, just to mock the Diamondbacks. So to make it look bad, that, that's what their goal was, or to make sure Diamondbacks fans didn't sit in those seats. It was also cheaper on the secondary market to buy a plane ticket round trip, Philly to Phoenix take light rail to the game and then buy tickets at the game all of that for philly fan was cheaper than buying a game two ticket yeah that's how much they love their team and that's how they felt when they had to walk out a loser now here we go today here we go today. Doug's big one today is just a salute to Cattell Marte after a year of being up and down like crazy. He deserves this. If you remember a couple days ago, we put up a graphic for you of Cattell Marte, in which is March and April were pretty bad. His August was a disaster, like, like to the point of, are you even paying attention to what's happening here? But his other months were pretty solid. His May, June, July, and September were pretty solid. But the other two months, and March and April is like one month in baseball, but March, April, and July, or excuse me, and August were so horrific that it just brought everything so far down. It's it's unbelievable how bad it was to make the averages go so much lower than they should be. But his postseason has been excellent and with christian walker bailing oh that was nice of you to find that so if you're watching us on or if you're not watching on wtsmtv.com you don't see the nice graphic where the march and april numbers were bad may june and july were pretty wonderful especially june 300 400 500 slash line is elite is special and in june he went 315 442 and 598 basically 346 And then look at that August. Oh, my gosh. 179 batting average. A 275 on-base average. His on-base percentage, I I think I could get 275, at least, like, not in the majors, but, like, in some old man league. And then, uh, and I haven't swung a bat in 20 years. And then then his slugging percentage, 326, is just downright embarrassing. 
And then he kind of bounced back a little bit in September. But look at the difference. That postseason number there that says 318, that's actually from a couple days ago. He's now, I think, batting above 340 postseason. That's how good Cattell Marte has done. So he is the subject of today's Doug's Big One. He gets all the credit. Now let's get into the actual game. And Jeff Weir Production has no idea where I'm going. uh, Jeff, will you give me – let's start with Pavin 1 and 2. That's what I need from uh, Pavin Smith. I like that he said this. I like that he wasn't afraid to just come out and say the magic two words. And I want to get into a debate of the most important game. And I want your opinion on Town Hall Tuesday. I'll give you mine in just a second based on the fact that Pavin Smith actually says must win. Yeah, 100%. It was a must-win game, and uh, gives us momentum going forward, too. You know, being down 3-0 uh, definitely would have been tough. He wouldn't have been out of it, but I think only one team has come back from that. So this is a, was definitely a big one for us. If you're talking baseball, he's exactly right. The Boston Red Sox against the Yankees in the ALCS down 0-3, and they came back and won. Wolf and I, for years, had this debate. We never really settled it. And I think he could argue that he wins the debate now that I'm about ready to change my opinion. Seven-game series, in your opinion, what's the most important game? What's the most important game of a seven-game series? Before I answer that, I'm actually going to ask you, Jeff Weir Production, when you look at the power of being up 1-0, game one, the power of today, whether it goes 3-1 or 2-2 is a pretty massive difference. Whether it's simply the only one you can't say is game seven. Because game seven is like, come on, you know, no uh, no crap on that. Game seven is the most important. But in a seven-game series, which one do you think is the most important game? I would say the first game, first or second game. Okay. Because you want to at least split the series whether you're home or away. Okay, okay. Not bad. I've heard people try to argue game two because of the pressure that's on you in game three if you're down 2-0. And if it's split one-to-one, everybody feels like, okay, here we go. Uh, Pressure mounts evenly for everybody. I always argued it was game five. The reason why I always said game five was the most important game is if it's already 3-0, who cares about game four? All right? It's three to nothing. You're going to lose the series if you're down 3-0. So game four isn't that important. However, if it's 3-1, to me, game five is, is vitally important, obviously, because if the three-team wins, the series is over. But if the team that's down 3-1 wins and suddenly it's 3-2, now the pressure starts to mount. Hey, you guys were way ahead, 3-0 or 3-1. Now it's 3-2. If you lose game six, you're going to blow this whole lead. And everybody starts going crazy because of the win. And if it's 2-2 two two and you win game five, oh, my gosh. Now, now you've got two games to win one, and they've got to sweep you. That's too much pressure. I say game five. Wolf's argument was always game four. And he would use this phrase. It tells you what kind of series you're going to have. I don't have a wolf voice after 15 years. I still can't do that. And what he meant by it tells you what kind of series you have. Either the series coming into game four is sitting at 3-0, and that means you've now won the series. But more importantly, if it's 2-1, his opinion was the gap between 3-1 to one 
and two to two is so huge it's game four because if you win game four to go up three games to one now the other team has to win three in a row or they're out that's too hard that makes game four the most important and if it's two to two you take that uh, or two to one now when you win game four when you were trailing in the series you've now tied it up you've turned a best of seven series into simply a best of three that that determines whether or not we have a real series hopefully that wasn't too long of an explanation because now i'm saying it's no longer game five to me it is game three it is game three the importance of last night of whether or not you're down 2-1 or 3-0 is like are you are you involved in this series or not and now that you've won it pressure immediately goes to the phillies of you can't let the you can't let the diamondbacks even up the series so i think it's game three because that set this up without last night's win we don't even have a discussion about games four and five so i got jacked up uh about this yesterday all right let's get to uh uh, Paven 2. I just like this because what's it like? Uh, what's it like to be on third? I've never been on third and scored the winning run, but I've scored the winning run from second before. And it is cool, I admit. I mean, I mean it's just high school varsity. But it is cool when you're standing out there, somebody gets a base hit, and you take off running, and then you have two thoughts in your head. Back in those days, we were allowed to run over the catcher. So I'm rounding third thinking, oh, man, I hope he gets him. Oh, here we go. I'm all geared up to hit the catcher. And the throw, you know, was a bad throw, so it was easy. But the second thing is you're thinking, don't trip. (laughs) You can't help it. I don't know if it's just because I'm not a great athlete. I've always joked I'm very athletic, but I'm not an athlete. You're rounding third, and I'm just thinking, don't, don't, don't trip. Don't trip. That, that was my only thought. Don't face plant. Let's score and let's win the game. But you, Paven Smith was asked, what were you thinking standing on third base as loaded Cattell Marte coming to the plate? Yeah, I mean, I was on third base there. Uh, was ready to go on anything on the ground. And uh, he got a fastball above the zone. And, you know, he was able to, you know, put a good swing on it. And, you know, he's just been great for us from the right side of the plate, left side of the plate, doesn't matter. Uh, we're super confident when he comes up to the plate. And and that is, you could see it was both. Hey, I got to make sure of this. I got to make sure of this. And you got, you have to, I mean, you can't be that guy. But you're easily going to score as long as you're patient and wait for it to uh, to drop. And the Diamondbacks win 2-1, to one, bottom of the ninth walk-off. Brandon Fott is obviously the story. He, oh, by the way, Paven Smith came off the bench and went two for two that's pretty fantastic but Brandon fought oh my Uh, I mean this is one of those stories about life when have you had your dreams come true and then somebody tells you you're not you're not good enough twice this year Brandon fought was sent back down to the minors twice and had to build himself back up to become a diamondback and now he's on this stage pitches five and two-thirds and doesn't give up a run wow i mean the the humbleness it takes to accept the fact you're not good enough right now not getting all into your feelings but really diving into what was exposed when you got to the major leagues is so important and that takes such inner strength to admit you're not good enough right now 
here's what you've got to do to fix it. Not blaming other people, not saying they won't let you throw this, not saying, you know, whatever it is. You had to work on what they told you. Now you have back-to-back postseason starts with no walks, no earned, no runs scored. First time in the history of baseball that a rookie's done that in the postseason. That's Brandon Fought. He was excellent. He was excellent. Brandon, go for it. Yeah, it feels great. It feels great to pick up the team. Uh, we went down 2-0. That was a big win for us. We knew that going in. Um, I think coming out with that win, that, that helps us get some momentum on our side, and, and we'll see where it takes us tomorrow. Just so you know, I love watching Brandon Fott speak because he hates public speaking. He hates it. And you can hear his voice quiver a little bit. When I have been around Brandon Fott, like at spring training, I talked to him in Goodyear at spring training against, I think it was the Reds. I can't remember who it was. But, uh, I mean, it could have been Cleveland. There's only two options when you're in Goodyear, but I think it was the Reds. But there was, I think, four members of the media. That was it. Uh, Evan Thompson was there. Nick Pecora was there. And uh, you know what? Steve Gilbert was lazy. Yeah, blast Steve. So I think it was just three of us. Oh, there was one kid from ASU, that just a young guy. I don't know who it was. So the four of us are there, and Brandon Fought's calm then. But in these settings, you can hear his voice quiver. He hates doing that. And yet, I like what he said. It felt great to pick up the team. And that was absolutely enormous. Okay, did you do anything different from the start in Milwaukee, from the previous regular season starts? How is your mindset? How is your setup going into the game? No, not necessarily. I think just going out there, going inning by inning, batter by batter, I think that's what you got to do in any start that that comes. And I don't think there's anything that um, was different. Um, just, Just going out there and attacking and trying to do my job. Don't forget those weird noises that you hear while MLB players talk in the postseason. That's all MLB leaving microphones on. Very weird. Not Jeff Weir Productions' fault. This next one, the next two quotes, uh, fought four, if you would, uh, Jeff Weir Production, and then Tory won. We'll start with fought four. I'll say it. Let me be the first to say it. Maybe not the first. You, you might have thought the same thing. But they won. And I still think it was the wrong decision. Brandon fought nine strikeouts, no walks, nobody on base. Tori Lovello pulls him. Tori Lovello took Brandon fought out because there are analytics, and I mean strong analytics, that the skill of a major league hitter, when he sees you for the third time on the same day, the numbers are exponentially better for the hitter. They go up dramatically that he's going to get a hit. Okay, batting average against is the stat. And a pitcher the first time through, batting average against, you know, a lot of times it's a one. And some for some great guys, it's a zero in front of that batting average. Second time through, sometimes it's a two, but not very often. The third time through the lineup, the batting average almost always against dry, uh, rises up to a 300 batting average. When guys get to see you for the third time, they're much more likely to get a hit. And Torrey did not want that to happen. So he pulled Brandon Fought. Here's why I think that was a terrible move, even though they won. And it worked. I mean, I've got a I'm kind of eating it even though I'm being stubborn. Okay. I'm saying it was wrong while I was proven wrong because it worked. And I'm still not backing down. I don't like it because number one, ask the Phillies what they thought. 
when a guy's got five and two-thirds of an innings pitched, you've barely got any hits against him. You've only had one inning where you even had a threat, and he's got nine Ks and hasn't walked anybody. Maybe I take him out if somebody gets on the bases. There's nobody even on the bases yet. No way do I take him out. I bet if you ask the Phillies, would you like to see Brandon Fodd or somebody else? To a man, the Phillies would say somebody else. And Torrey Vela went out there and said, okay, let me give you somebody else. I hated that move. It worked. I'm wrong. I don't really mean that, but I'll say it. <laughs> I hated the move. Then, to make it even crazier, and this is why, Tori, I'm still sorry. I still think I could be proven right today. Is today's a bullpen day. There's no, and I don't blame, uh, the only reason I, the only person I blame that today's a bullpen day, I hate to say it, is Ken Kendrick, okay? I didn't think this team was going to the NLCS myself, but if you would have spent the money to have a third starter and not spent the money on Madison Bumgarner, guess what? We wouldn't have a bullpen day. That's nobody else's fault other than Ken Kendrick. It's not even Mike Hazen's fault because he had to work within the budget that he had. Having said that, I am not pulling a starting pitcher that's got no earned runs and nine strikeouts, no walks in five and two-thirds of an inning. When I got a bullpen day tomorrow, I'm not going to the bullpen early the day before I go to the bullpen to start the whole game. I've, I've never had a rant in my life where I was proven dead wrong and I decide to rant anyway. I just can't accept it. I thought that's a terrible move by Tory. Hated it. All right, Brandon, that's enough of me yapping. What did you think about get take, getting taken out at uh, five and two-thirds of an inning? Yeah, but at the end of the day, who knows what it could have, should have. Um, bullpen did great. They've been doing great the whole postseason, so you can't you can't think that way and, and taking a starter out. So, obviously, I'm a competitor. I want to keep going. Everybody does, but... At the end of the day, you just got to trust his decision and and move forward, go to the bullpen, let them do their jobs. Jeff Weir Production, if the day ever comes that you have gobs of time in life and you can just make up stuff, can I have a little screen graphic that goes over our actualities that counts? It is what it is. And at the end of the day. And will you? We I I wanted Tory, but will you give me Brandon Fought for again? So we we got the gist of Brandon Fought. That was important. It's awesome that he says, "Hey, I want to stay out there," but I get it. The bullpen's good, but I am so tired of at the end of the day somehow meaning, you know, I was thinking this, but as soon as I laid down before I prayed to God that night, I was thinking about my day and I realized, well, at the end of the day it still would have been something else. No, it wouldn't. How do you know? I can make decisions at noon. I don't need to make my decisions at the end of the day. So here we go. Brandon fought at the end of the day. Yeah, but at the end of the day, who knows what it could have, should have. Um, bullpen did great. They've been doing great the whole postseason, so you can't you can't think that way and, and taking a starter out. So obviously I'm a competitor. I want to keep going. Everybody does, but... At the end of the day, you just got to trust his decision and and move forward, go to the bullpen, let them do their jobs. All right, that was. I thought it was going to be like three or four. <laughs> you can tell I'm so tired of it. I expected a lot more of the two. But still, how many ends of the day are there? 
He has had two of them. I don't like that line. All right, Tori, you know I disagree with you. You know I think you were dead wrong. Dead wrong. And yet, I'm, I'm wrong because it worked. Tori, what were you thinking? What were the discussions? Why'd you do it? Yeah, we're having conversations about it, uh, you know, all day yesterday, all morning today, um, during the game. We're loving what we see. Um, we just felt like once we got to a certain point in the game, he could hand it off to a bullpen that was able to match up and give us what I feel is a really good advantage against some really good hitters. So the conversations are very typical, you know. Um, am I an idiot if I take him out of the game with nine strikeouts at five and two thirds? Um, those are the things that I'm asking and try to keep it loose. Um, but we, I'm asking them if the manager is an idiot after taking him out of the game for five and two, after five and two thirds. Um, and I know it's a very unpopular decision, but we have we have great information about how we can and a plan and a roadmap that when there's limited emotion and limited stimulus, what's the best decision to move this thing forward and control a very, very potent offense? And we felt like that's we went in that route today, went in that so, direction today. OK, that was funny. The idiot manager, and he's talking to about himself and and making that decision. And again, this is what really bothers me about analytics and just so you know to be fair one of the major points of analytics is to remove emotion make the decision ahead of time so then when you get into the moment you're not being emotionally dragged in a different position okay i understand that and that is important but to me, the definition of managing is to know this is the plan and then allow the plan to be changed when it's obvious it should be. So it doesn't change the fact the plan going in is don't let him face the lineup a third time. And as soon as that potent lineup, Kyle Schwarber, comes up for the third time, we're getting somebody else in the game. Okay. But in your prep, in all of your computer analyzations of game three of the National League Championship Series, how many of them came back that Brandon fought rookie was going to throw five and two-thirds of an inning of shutout baseball, not walk a hitter, and strike out nine? Where, where, where was that in your computations? If he had a no-hitter going, were you going to take him out? I mean, that's what was happening in this game. He was a dominant force. You don't, I just, you can't get me to believe that. And I'm, listen, I admit, if the, if the bullpen today gets rocked, I'm going to look at this and say, you know what? Maybe if you would have rested the bullpen longer the day before, let Brandon Fought keep going, maybe the bullpen would have been more effective today. So I don't think the decision, the judgment of the decision is over. I don't think that's a stubborn opinion on my point. It might be, because I don't want to admit I was wrong since taking him out ended up working. But I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a wrong decision. Uh, give me Tory Four, if you would, uh, Jeff Weir Production, because Tory's going to go into a little bit of a deeper explanation. Probably not at that point in time. Uh, you know, he, he, I'm guessing he had 15 to 18 more pitches max. Why run him through that portion of the lineup? I know, I know what has happened the third time around. 
uh, to him at different points in time of the season. Um, that that's that's all that's all discussed and talked about. I guess one thing could have happened. We could have been winning nine to nothing, and he would have probably thrown fifteen to eighteen more pitches. But we felt like he he got to that point and was unbelievable, and it was time to turn it over. And of the eighteen plus or minus four, why is why does that? You know something that you believe in. Um, I just know about where their lineup is and, and set up, and I'm probably going to put a lefty into the into the. I'm guessing where that lefty is going to be hit, hitting um, Marsh somewhere in that area. That's that's where I'm starting to really lock in on when I'm going to use a lefty. What he means by that, the 18 simply is 18 hitters. If you have nine hitters in the lineup, then you pitch to them all twice. That's 18 hitters, quote unquote, but you don't want to turn that lineup over because then everybody's batting for the third time. Brandon Marsh is a lefty who bats eighth. So with him batting eighth, you're starting to say, okay, now that we're getting late in the lineup, what does my pitcher have left? What can I do with them? How am I going to handle them? And with uh, Brandon Fott being a righty, you want him to face righties. And I believe, do you mind if I cheat? I believe it goes right, left, right, left, right, left uh, at the top. So Marsh at the eight hitter left. Rojas is a righty. Schwarber's a lefty. Trey Turner's a righty. Harper's a lefty. Bohm is a righty. Stott is a lefty. So it's you got to go all the way back to the number six hole before you get to go righty, righty again. So he's thinking, if I have a pitcher that's got to face three hitters, I'm not going to let him try to go after Schwarber because I'm going to go a lefty to go left, right, left. And that's when he came in with Saul Frank, who's been fantastic. I get it. But no way. I, I still think that was a mistake. And what's funny about it is I think Tori Lovello heard about it from a lot of people because when he left for the mound, it was a great reaction by the crowd. They booed Tory until he got to the mound. And then when Fott walked off, they cheered like crazy, saying, Tory, this is wrong. Brandon Fott, great job. And poor Sal Frank got booed when he walked the first hitter that he faced because they're like, see, told you, Tory, told you. They weren't really booing Sal Frank. They were still booing the move. It was pretty good. Tory, did you uh, did you hear about it a little bit from the fans? Did you hear the boos? Yeah, I'm sure I was the most unpopular guy in in the city of Phoenix, in, in the downtown area, and maybe the entire state of Arizona, right? <laughs> but I want everybody to know that is trying to think along with me that we have a strategy, or have I have a strategy for everything that's done. Everything that's done is is been well talked about, um, and it's not just analytics. I I. I I know how quickly playoff baseball can change. And I felt like Brandon kept the game under control and it was time to turn it over. So yes, I am prepared to get booed. I am prepared to get second guess. It's my job. I sit in the seat and that happens. Um, And I don't mind it. We want a baseball game and that's all I care about. But you do learn. Number one, I don't care about your strategy. I think it's wrong. But you do learn he is a good dude. I mean, that's the takeaway there. Hey, I accept it. I'm going to get booed. I get it. But we won a baseball game. That was my job. I appreciate the person. But, Tori, you're never going to convince me it was right. Never. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's my fault. All right. Uh, uh, last one from Tori. Just your emotional roller coaster with Cattell Marte all of these years and him coming through the clutch. 
he's just got an unbelievable heartbeat. Um, he loves he loves to be in that moment, and you know. Uh, he he is one of our best players for a reason, and um, I thought the whole the key to that at, that that inning was was Perdomo walking and handing it off to Cattell. Um, but Cattell thrives in that situation. Um, he just has the heart of a lion. He wants to get the job done and and be the main guy to help his team win a baseball game. All right, now if you could give me Tory Seven, this one's this one's funny. Uh, I gotta entertain it. Six or seven. Seven. Give me Tory seven. I told you Tory six, and then I changed my mind, and I didn't tell you. <laughs> uh, the reason why I want Tory seven is this is kind of funny to me. When Sal Frank walked the first hitter in Schwarber, let me tell you how that went. If you didn't see the game uh, last night, Schwarber in the sixth is going up against Sal Frank, and he walks. And now you've got a situation with two outs, runner on first, which is at the time the go-ahead run. It's still nothing, nothing. So the crowd is irate. The crowd is irate because no walks, through five and two-thirds of an inning from the rookie, and now you bring in another rookie, and the first thing he does is walk the lefty in the lefty-lefty matchup. So Torrey is asked how he was feeling in the dugout when the boos started raining down, and he knew they were for him. Would you have booed yourself? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this manager's lost his absolute mind, um, for sure. Uh, so... Yeah, I probably I was booing myself as I walked out to the mound. I didn't need to be in the stands. Again, good dude. Uh, good, very, very good dude. All right, give me, uh, give me Tory six if you would, because uh, uh, I think I already. No, I haven't played Tory six. Uh, give me Tory six if you would. Yeah, um, I knew you guys would probably want that answer. We were having that discussion as I was coming in here. We feel like we're in a really good position. And I'll get that name to you as soon as I go back in there. I'll get it to Casey, and then he'll 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 spread it out. But um, it'll be a little bit of the same. You know, we're going to get to certain points of their lineup. We got to see what happens when, once we announce our starter, and then just continue to match it up the best way we we can. And and look, it's it's not a perfect science what we do here, but we feel like we're very thorough when we discuss it. It's batters one, two, and three. Who's got it? Batters two, three, and four. Who's got it? Batters three, four, and five. Who's got it? And when you just keep chunking it down, you want to maximize the potential to keep a very potent offense um, and check. And and it worked very well today. The reason why that's important, what he's talking about there, is he's looking at who's going to be the starting pitcher for today. So remember, these are all from last night. So when he says, I'll get you that name, that's code for they've decided who the starting pitcher was, but they haven't told him yet. So they don't want to tell the media. They don't want anybody to go running up to Joe Mantiply and saying, are you ready for your start tomorrow? When Joe Mantiply doesn't know he's starting tomorrow. So that means they've decided on Joe Mantiply. They went to tell Joe Mantiply. Then Casey, the media relations director, announces to the media, Joe Mantiply has got the start and then now we know so it's a bullpen day lefty joe mantiply and then it'll be interesting to see if the phillies stick to their lineup because they go left right left which means the first three hitters are two lefties against joe mantiply who's tough on lefties or do they switch it up knowing that it's mantiply and they go right left right in order to change it up i don't know what's gonna happen i think they're gonna stick to their regular lineup but we'll uh but we'll see because obviously they're gonna eventually pull mantiply all right that does it for diamondbacks Coming up next, I want to get into the Cardinals because things could get better. 
they're about to get dramatically better because one of the smartest players in football, I bet he's back. We'll talk Buddha next. Let's talk Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. It's hot. We've had a pretty hot summer here in Arizona. Who can you trust with your air conditioning? There's only one place my family has ever trusted in Arizona, and that's Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. Call 602 to repair. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. And the reason why I suggest them to you as passionately as I possibly can is I know they've showed up on time to my home every time and they've gotten it right the first time every time and they've treated me fairly every time. What else can you say? Plus, they don't charge anything for nights, weekends, emergencies. That means something because when your air conditioner goes out in the summer in Arizona, that's an emergency. You need repairs fast and you can trust Parker and Sons. How do I know? Because my family does. 6022 repair. That's 602, the number two, then R E P A I R for Parker and Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. We're going to talk Cardinals in uh, in just a second. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of, of the Unplugged Army and, uh, and staying with me. Remember, there's a bunch of different ways to be a part of the show. But there's an agreement between you and I. If you're going to join the Unplugged Army, I need you to support the sponsors like crazy. And you've heard me talk about Parker & Sons, heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. The first sponsor was Bell's Nashville Kitchen. They're on uh, just off of Scottsdale Road in Old Town. A great country bar, but they actually have chef-inspired dishes. Like, for an example, because it's the South, there's a lot of dishes where there's coleslaw on a sandwich. They don't make your coleslaw that day and store it. They make your coleslaw fresh for the sandwich. They make a sandwich portion. That's it. There you go. That's, I mean, it's just one anecdote, but it just shows you who they are. Yesterday, I went to Burrito Express and had the steak and egg burrito, uh, breakfast burrito. Holy crap, was that delicious. I don't, don't tell anybody, I didn't even eat dinner. (laughs) That that burrito was so huge and so great. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Had a great day. Were you able to see your guy? No, he didn't show up. Oh, that's yeah. unfortunate. I ripped, but it was better that way because then I just ripped him. <laughs> Sometimes that works uh, even better. So I like that. And then uh, unplugged at whirlwind.com is the website to go to to join Whirlwind Plus. Unplugged at whirlwind.com. The Whirlwind Plus plan is unbelievable. $34 a month or $2.99 a year. You decide what works best for you depending on 
the schedule that you get golf-wise uh, or whether you're a snowbird in town, but you're talking about a premier course that normally can cost around $200 a round. Now you get the lowest round that day. And for $2.99 a year, it pays for itself by the third time. Sometimes by the third time you play, especially when you consider you get 15% off Civlic, which is the 19th hole, and 15% off the, uh, the Pro Shop. So it's fantastic. So if you go to UnpluggedAtWhirlwind.com, click on the button. If you're looking at your screen right now, that's after you click on the button, and it's really easy. What do you want? $34 a month? If you can only do it for three months, then it might be better to do that. But if you can swing the $299, I guarantee you. By the third time, you've, if you plan on playing a premier course or supporting the Unplugged Army, jump on that. It's a, it's a great, great idea to be, uh, to be with Whirlwind Plus. All right, before we get into Buddha, which I think is a big deal, it's time to announce the Week of Winners! I don't know if I'm entertained by that anymore. That's, luckily, it's a Beer Friday. Um, by the way, this is off the record. This is between you and I about Week of Winners. We... Uh, I was kind of responsible to go get a grand prize. Whirlwind Golf Club gave me a grand prize that's worth like $1,300. Like it was huge. So we had the secret idea. And we're going to, I haven't told Sweet Lou about this. So, Sweet Lou, if you're finding this out through the podcast, hi, Lou. Hi. Um, you gave us such a good deal. We're going to also create another week of winners in November and do it again because we want to, we want to make sure everybody knows about it. And we don't want to hype it up for like 48 hours. We want to say, hey, let's, let's talk about this for a month. But hey, this is coming. So we're going to give, a, and a lot of people got excited yesterday, yesterday about $100 to Bell's Nashville Kitchen. So we're doing it again. So today's $100 gift card to Bell's, it's really $250 gift card to Bell's Nashville Kitchen. It's kind of cool that it's 250s because you can save a ton of money and sneak $50 for a present for somebody and you keep $50. Kind of a cool deal. But Bell's Nashville Kitchen, home of the best sandwich in all of Arizona, which is the Nashville Hot Chicken Sandwich. They're located on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. And the way the week of winners works, we want to keep growing the station. So if you can, we want you to move up a level in watching us. So if you've been watching us on demand, that has been free since the beginning of time. That's now going to move to the basic level. So you'll pay monthly to move up to the basic level and to be able to watch shows on demand. Now, for those of you that are so old school, Doug Franz Unplugged, I want to say thank you for being here this long. And I told you at the beginning that you'll always be able to watch the show for free on demand. Since we've changed, I don't really have a problem with the change. I don't feel like I'm lying to you because I'm giving you a special code so the change doesn't affect you to say thank you. So for one whole year, you'll be able to watch on demand for free while everybody else who's a new member of the Unplugged Army pays for it. So just email me, Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com, and I'll give you the secret code. Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com, you get the secret code to then watch on demand for free. However, I still, listen, do you want, I want to grow. And if you want us to grow and be able to hire more producers, have more shows, do new ideas, see if you can jump up to the live level. And if you like these games, in the future, the games are only going to be won by premium members. So become a premium member and you can play in the games like Brian Pastor did. 
Brian, congratulations. You are the Thursday winner. So you receive a $100, two $50 gift cards to Bell's Nashville Kitchen. And today is the last day. So when you go to WTSMTV.com slash wow, which is for a week of winners, just click on the Friday button. And that's how you uh, enter into today. And once you click on the Friday button, it's really easy. You just enter a little bit of information. Primarily, we need your birthday because it would be rude for us to give out prizes to six-year-olds who are just floating around television because that's kind of creepy. So therefore, we need your birthday. And once you do that, you're registered. You're in. Congratulations. And then you might be a winner of $100 to spend at Bell's National Kitchen, however you choose to spend it. All right, let's get to Buddha. I think Buddha is my favorite player in the NFL. I, I, I just love the intensity of the dude. I love how much he cares about the game, but also his intelligence. He studies so much film that he can correlate down distance and formation. And he says he knows almost 98% of the time the play between three plays. He'll look at down distance and formation. And while he's playing safety, he'll know you're going to do one of these three plays. And immediately, half a second after the play starts, he knows exactly what the play is. That's how smart he is. And that's what they've been missing. So imagine you're a young player and you're just thinking, okay, my responsibility is this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And then all of a sudden, Buddha's yelling, it's going to be a screen, screen, screen. And that reminds you, okay, wait a minute. Let's not, let's not get out of my rush lane. Because maybe you're always been told, don't get out of your rush lane. Don't get out of your rush lane. And suddenly you hear screen and that makes you think, okay, I got to rush under control. And then if I can see that I'm getting there too early and the tackle's bailed, then that shows me I got to get my hands up. I got to knock down that screen pass. I got to cut off passing lanes. That's a, even though it's a basketball term, it works on a screen pass. That's what Buddha can do. And now Buddha might be back. And that's just, that's just huge. Uh, Buddha, if you're looking at the hamstring that, that sidelines you, can you kind of explain just how bad was it? Um, you know, the, the injury was, you know, pretty bad. Um, you know, it was kind of an upper hamstring. So, therefore, you know, it, it's a little longer recovery period. So, um, you know, it was something where, of course, I knew, you know, as soon as I got the MRI, they told me the, you know, the amount of weeks the injury is supposed to, you know, be okay, which was about six, six, maybe more weeks. So that was just something for me personally. I just, when I hear six weeks or I hear, you know, six to eight weeks, it's like mentally, I'm just like, you know, let's, let's take it day by day and see, see how it's going to go. And, um, you know, yeah, we're, we're going into week, this week four or five. So, you know, it's been good. I like this deeper conversation point from the standpoint of, I think we all make projections. I want to be here by this time. I want to be here by this time. I want to be here by this time. And sometimes our bosses project things for us. And that's okay. It's okay to have a schedule, have a timeline. And I think, especially in group projects, timelines keep everybody on, on, on a certain pace. At the same time, don't fall into the trap because a timeline can sometimes have you miss out on life so or have you overly concerned about something he's told you're out six to eight weeks with his hamstring injury and now he's like oh my gosh 
and that can lower urgency and increase frustration. And once he got over the guilt and the problem and the pity, then it became, okay, wait a minute. Let's just, let's just do today's rehab. Let's do today's rehab as well as I can. Now let's do today's rehab as well as I can. Then when I wake up, I'm going to do today's rehab as well as I can. And then boom, four weeks into a six to eight week diagnosis, here's Buda Baker back. I think sometimes if we project too far, we miss the life we're in now. If you tell yourself, I want to be at this point by the age of 33, there's nothing wrong with that. Set the goal, work hard to achieve the goal. However, don't miss out on life on your way to 33 years old. You know, live on that journey because something might give you the opportunity to accelerate it and you can get there before 33 other times are sad but legitimate speed bumps and you can't hold yourself accountable to the level of i'm a failure because i didn't get to so and such and such point in my life by 33 when you had to deal with this focus on that learn from that everything in life for the unplugged army is either a success or a lesson to make you better if you look at it like that here we go you know bring it on bring it on whatever it is life bring it on because either you're going to handle it or the Unplugged Army will help you handle it. Okay. Um, I, I like this with Buddha, just simply talking about where he's at this week and how bad he wants to play. Yeah, um, you know, personally, you know, it's playing, um, you know, we're playing Seattle, back going back home, something definitely I, I wanted to get back for and uh, be ready to play. Um, right now, I'm just, you know, taking it day by day and, uh, you know, seeing how, see how everything holds up and, um, you know, it'll be a, a game time decision. You heard that a million times, game time decision, game time. What game time decision truly means is we expect him to play but we understand it's a hamstring. Anything could happen, and it could happen that day. So this is great. Bobby Mack asks a brilliant question, and this is where I really want you watching WTSMTV.com. Listen, I, I'm a radio dude. I totally believe that it's my job to entertain you without the video aspect, but sometimes you need the video. And this is where Buddha gets asked by Bobby Mack, game time decision. Like, what, what does that really mean? Are you convinced that you're going to play? How about this? Are you 100% sure you're going to be cleared to just go through pregame activities to make sure that you're ready? So when you say game time decision, how confident are you that you're going to be out there in warmups to see if you can play during the game? If you're listening to the podcast right now, you're going to hear a standard answer. You know, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to work hard. Yeah, I think I'll be a blah, 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 blah. But when he's done talking, he looks at Bobby Mack and flashes this just second and a half smile that basically to me says, hell yeah, I'm playing. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, I'm just taking it day by day right now. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll see when Sunday comes up. It's just, oh, I can't. So, you know, there's two things there. Number one, how much do you love Buda Baker? Number two, 
It's how much would you love playing poker with Buda Baker? He cannot hold up. Oh, I got it. I got pocket aces. I mean, that was just great. It was a great look on his face that says, yeah, I'll be cleared. I'm, I, I know what I'm doing here. I'm just telling you game time decision, but I'm playing. So that got me jacked up for Buda. Okay, last one with Buda. I think this is important. Of With Jonathan Gannon, he was simply asked, where are you in simple happiness? on the season are you i mean are, are you committed tell us about if you're excited to stay with this new regime yeah i'm very excited you know um just a coach that uh you know preaches the same things that you know i believe in so that's something very special to have you know this being my fourth coaching staff here and um you know i tell him all the time you know how how uh you know, much I respect him and all the coaches, and um, it's been a, a great culture, you know, kind of change and, um, you know, kind of a true blessing for me to, to be a part of. So I'm, you know, very excited to, to be a Cardinal and um, just going to continue to work hard and continue to be the best that I can be for the team. What grabbed you when you were listening to that? For me, it's the fact that he's only 27 years old and this is his fourth coaching staff. (laughs) You want to talk about complete franchise ineptitude. A 27-year-old player, four coaching staffs. I mean, he's not in Devin Booker range, but oh my gosh, is that rough. If you forgot, drafted in 2017. So he had Bruce Arians, He had Steve Wilkes, Cliff Kingsbury, and now Jonathan Gannon since 2017. Oh, my gosh, is that awful. So his contract, he's a free agent at the end of the year, but there's a $2 million contract hit or or cap hit coming up next year. So, you you know, they're going to do whatever it takes to get him good money. They need this guy. He's a stud. And then especially with what Jonathan Gannon wants to do with him. So I, I love Buda Baker and I'm jacked up. All right. Don't start the music yet, uh, Jeff Weir production, but I want to say what's coming up next. So everybody understands that, that you might be new to Doug Franz unplugged. You didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast when I did it overnight last year. Coming up next is breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. And here are the criteria for the game to be highlighted. If it's two top 25 teams, like imagine you're sitting there, it's a tailgate. Maybe you're tailgating for somebody, uh, even if it's a high school game tonight. You're, that might be frowned upon, but okay, anyway. <laughs> I just said that without thinking. But I mean, why not? You can tailgate with pop if you want. So any game between two top 25 teams in college football, that's a big game. I'm going to talk about it. But I also, during college games, throw out draft watch which is a little thing that has to do with if you're a Cardinals fan and you're watching that game, here's a player you might want to keep an eye on. So that's draft watch for college football. Any game between two top 25 teams or any of the big colleges of Arizona. So if NAU, U of A, or ASU has a game that weekend, they're in it. And then in the NFL – it's every game between two teams that are both above 500. If one team's uh, at 500, I don't talk about it. But if both teams are above 500, that's a huge game. I talk about that game. And I also talk about any game in the NFC West so you know what's going on in the division. If a football game 
tonight, tomorrow, or Sunday meets that criteria, we talk about it in Breakdown, Breakdown, Breakdown. It's coming up next, and hopefully we'll track down Mike Butcher if he's got his Philly steaks and pizzas done and talk a little more Diamondbacks today. Plus the main event, and Izzy on sports, Isaiah Jackson coming up 8 to 10 for the main event with Steve McCollum, 10 to noon with Izzy. It's all right here. This is Doug Franz Unplugged. We're on WTSMTV.com. And the show is presented by Whirlwind Plus fans at World Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. That's a bad butchered clothes right there. Breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Break, down, break, down, break, down, break, down. break it all down, breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Oh yeah, it's time. Week 8 of the college football season, week 7 of the pro football season. This is Breakdown, Breakdown, Breakdown. We start things off. Penn State at Ohio State, number 7 at number 3. Kickoff at 9 o'clock in the morning. You can see it on Fox 10. The Bucks got to cover 4.5 points. Penn State defense, number 1. Not only overall in the country, but number 1 in pass defense, number 1 in completion percentage, number 1 in first down allowed. They also get the most sacks of any other defense and other offenses are the worst in football when they have to face Penn State in the red zone. That means head coach Ryan Day, the Bucks better protect the football. Yeah, the number one um, most important thing is the football and um, you know, that's going to be the way this weekend. You know, it's it's a huge part of the game and you know, we got to take care of the football across the board. Um, we got to make great decisions. Absolutely, and if you don't, you guys are done. Now, Draft Watch, Cardinals fans, this is a must-see game for you. You might be needing a corner and a wide receiver, not not both in the draft, both in the first round. Those positions are so bad right now. That's why this is the game to watch, because you might want both of these guys, and they're going up against each other. Marvin Harrison Jr., yes, the son of the Hall of Famer. He's six foot four. Only one game this year was he held under 100 yards receiving out of the five games. Who he's going up against? Short but strong. 5'11-inch Kalen King, the Nittany Lions' number one corner. They won't be lined up all the time, but when they're lined up against each other, that's an NFL matchup, and both guys should be coming to Tempe. One of the best rivalries in college football. Uh, they have a really good team. They're ranked in the 15th or whatever, and uh, so they have a really, really good team. That's Nick Saban. Tennessee, number 17, at number 11, Bama. 12:30. You can see it on CBS 5. Bama's got to cover nine points. Tennessee is six in the country, averaging over 230 yards rushing. But the Vols are going up against the first top 20 ranked rush defense that they've ever faced. This game will not go over 100 points like the 2022 game. Draft watch. If the Texans keep winning, that second first round pick for the Cardinals will be perfect for Dallas Turner. The six and four inch edge rusher, lightning quick, great bend to be able to run the hoop, and he leads college football in sacks. He is number one. 
Duke at Florida State. Number 16 at number four. Oh, yeah. It's at 430, ABC 15. Duke is getting 14 points. Welcome to the road, Blue Devils. Do you realize they haven't played a real team on the road this year? Yes, Connecticut fans, I'm not counting you as a real team. Duke's had every game in Durham. The Knowles are 6-0. Duke's only loss, the heartbreaker to Notre Dame. And Mike Norvell says they're a great team. They've been productive. They've, they've done everything they needed to do. Um, you know, they're one play away in that Notre Dame game. It, just, it kind of felt for them for how it all played out. But, I mean, it was uh, um, this is a very, very talented team. Mike Norvell, head coach, Florida State. Why aren't you returning my text? Florida State has everything that they are going to be handed by Duke. Because guess what? 40 yards a game via penalty is the best. That means Florida State's not going to get anything from that Duke offense or defense. Draft watch. If the Cardinals keep struggling and they drop down, they'll have massive options. And one of them is the pass rusher. Watch Florida State's Jared Verse. Some people actually like him as one of the best position players in the entire draft. That's not me, but there are plenty that love first. He's clearly one of the top pass rushers on the 2024 board. Number 14, Utah, at number 18, USC. It's at 5 o'clock. You can watch it on Fox 10. USC's got to cover a touchdown. It's minus 6.5. Trojans, the top offensive team, averaging nearly 500 yards of offense per game. That's not their problem. At USC, they rank 92nd defensively. They give up almost 400 yards a game. Utah should be able to take advantage. Utah prides itself on great defense, but look out for USC in the first half as the youth are going to be without safety Cole Bishop. He's not afraid to mix it up in the run game as Utah has the best run defense in the country. Kyle Winningham, is Utah ready? Like you said, implications typically every year, most every year, conference implications, championship implications. Of course, we played in that championship game last year. So uh, it's, it's turned out to be very competitive uh, and a very intense football game. And I'm sure this year will be no different. Number one, Kyle, when you're an oppressor, speak up. Speak up. Number two, draft watch. Everybody's watching USC quarterback Caleb Williams. They want to see how he rebounds after his horrible performance against Notre Dame. First half is going to be huge because Utah doesn't have Bishop out there patrolling. ASU at number five, UW. 7.30. You can see the Devils on FS1. Arizona State is getting 28 and a half points. 28 and a half points. Washington has the number three offense in the country, and now they're going to be at home. One major problem could be field position in this game. ASU is 111th in net punting. They're terrible. So if they don't advance the ball offensively, it's going to be a lot of short fields for UW. Considering Washington is plus two in turnover margin, and Arizona State is a horrible minus 12, that might be too much to ask. CKD, what do you got to do? What I believe in in defense is chaos rate. Do you create chaos? Chaos to an offense. Don't let an offense break comfort. Chaos. His chaos rate, when you watch the tape, it's like every three or four plays, chaos is occurring. 
So that is one of the things to keep an eye on. Draft watch. Sub. 4-3 speed. 215-pound body. And he high points everything. Sound good, Cardinals fans? Oh, yeah. How about putting him next to Michael Wilson? That's wide receiver Rome Odunze. He can do everything at, at wide receiver but he doesn't get the hype. Keep your eye on him. He'll be a major problem for ASU, and he could be a major solution for the Arizona Cardinals. Now let's go NFL. NFC West or two above 500 teams? And we start with a huge one. 5-1 Detroit at 4-2 Baltimore. Game kicks off at 10 in the morning. You can only see it if you've got Sunday ticket. The uh, Lions are getting three points. Jared Goff. Who would you rather have, Goff or Lamar Jackson? I bet you didn't realize Jared Goff has completed 20 more passes for 400 more yards and six more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. How did that happen? It's very simple how it happened because he's having an absolutely great season. The key will be the Lions' O-line versus the Ravens' pass rush. No one has more sacks than Baltimore. But Goff, on the other hand, He's only been sacked 10 times. Only three quarterbacks in the league have been sacked fewer. That's going to be the battle on the offensive line of scrimmage. Now, Dan Campbell, as you're looking at Lamar Jackson, what do you see? Well, if if I was dreaming about how to stop these guys, he'd be the first one I would think of if I was uh, coming out of a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> he is dangerous, so he's dangerous. Well, if the Lions are able to handle the dangerousness of Lamar Jackson, they'll advance to 6-1 and one on the season. The last time Detroit was 6-1 and one was the Dwight Eisenhower administration. Oh, my gosh. Restore the roar. Cardinals, 1-5. Seattle at home, 3-2. and two. 105 kickoff. You can see it on Fox 10. And Seattle's got to cover more than a touchdown with the hook at minus seven and a half. This is the game for Geno Smith to try to get fat. Opposing quarterbacks are completing 70% of their passes against the Arizona Cardinals defense. And the Cardinals are one of three defenses that allow the opposing quarterback to have an over 100 passer rating. However, the Cardinals have not had Buda Baker, and it looks like the all-stud safety is going to be back. Kyler Murray coming off the pup list, no chance that he plays. And therefore, JG, do you still believe in Joshua Dobbs? Not at all. No. He's going to go out and play real well versus Seattle. I know that. Uh, the type of person he is and his response to what we all have to do. Not at all. No. He's going to go out and play real well versus Seattle. I know that. Uh, the type of person he is and his response to what we all have to do as a team to improve to win some games. I said, do you believe in him? And he said, not at all. What I meant to say is, do you have any doubts about him? And then he said, not at all. One thing that has to change for Arizona's fourth quarter scoring. They only average one point per fourth quarter this year. That's ugly. Rams, Pittsburgh, 3-2 versus 3-3, 105. You can only see it if you've got Sunday ticket. Rams are a three-point favorite. Steelers, 0-10 in their history against the Rams on the West Coast. But Aaron Donald has never played in any of those games. Head coach Sean McVay, however, might be a little distracted with his wife pregnant at nine months. Um, 
my wife's doing great. I think there was a lot made about me missing a game. I'm not going to miss a game. My son knows better than to come during a game. <laughs> All right, that's it. Miami at Philly, 5-1 and one versus 5-1. and one. Nick Sirianni, can he handle your quarterback the distractions of going up against Tua? You can let those things motivate and everything like that, but there, there still has to be this uh, laser focus on the task at hand and not let outside things get in the way of your preparation. Tua leads the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. However, other than their loss to Buffalo, they have a combined record of 5-24 and 24 is their other opponents. That's bad. And finally... San Francisco at Minnesota. Monday Night Football. ESPN 49ers. Seven points. Underdog. Kyle Shanahan. What you got on Brock Purdy? He earned a lot of trust with me. He earned a lot of trust with the players. Going into the offseason, how he handled his injury. Um, how he just handled himself when he wasn't able to practice. Just um, in the meeting rooms and everything. And through every experience with him in games this year, he's earned as much trust as you could have in a quarterback. Well, it used to be the NFL leader was 51% blitz rate with Todd Bowles in 2017 for the Cardinals. The Vikings blitzed 60% of the time, setting a new all-time NFL record. And that is your week eight of the college football season, week seven of the NFL season. Breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Burrito Express started with my father about... 25 years ago, he got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally, we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now it's big it's juicy it's meaty get your burrito at burrito express if you're having a hangover a bad day even a good day still get your burrito at burrito express it will make you feel better I'm so jacked up. I am so jacked up right now. Not only is it two games to one, the pivotal game three, and not only do I have tickets to today's game, but now I got Mike Butcher, former pitching coach of the Arizona Diamondbacks, never a secret source of mine because that would be totally rude, but a guy that has always answered my hard questions, and I love him for it. He joins us right now on Doug Franz Unplugged. First of all, Butch, before I get into the game, where are you right now? I'm at a secret site. I can't tell you. <laughs> oh, tell you. what are we building over there? Around here. Okay. We're okay. building a lot. We're, we're building a lot over here. I'm not. I'm just cooking for them. Oh, that's fantastic. Doing? I'm doing great. I love the logo. Love the cleaver for the pizzabutcher.com. Hey, who gave me that name, by the way? Well, well, I already said on today's show, I said, he gives me full credit, and I don't know if I deserve full credit, but you know me well enough to know I'll take it. <laughs> that's right. Hey, no, I, I, I give you full credit. Oh, that's Doing awesome. Doing very well. Thank, thank you very much. Oh, man. All, all, I, all I want is a beer someday, and, I've, and you've already bought me plenty. So now when we <laughs> let's get right into it because you know how I feel. I enjoy analytics. I like to learn, but human beings do not play baseball. Pitchers don't throw calculators at the plate. I get it. 
Don't go against the lineup three times in the same game. Young pitchers struggle with that. But can't there be an analytic rule that says if you strike people out nine times and you're the only rookie in the history of the game to have no walks, no runs, and back-to-back postseason performances, guess what? You get to try with Schwarber. Keep the kid on the mound, Mike. Yeah, I don't uh, – first of all, I, I totally disagree with uh, the analytical thing about not going to the line three times. If you program your pitchers that, that way, that's how they're going to be – that's how they're going to think. Yes. They're not just going to do it, right? So, for me, let them go out there and try to get as many outs as they possibly can. Um, I mean, I get it that he's a rookie. Uh, he's pitched extremely well this postseason. I mean, he definitely stepped up. Down, they're down two games to zero. But uh, – you know, there's there's two ways to look at it. I totally get that. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in the clubhouse or what the you know what pregame stuff is all about. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't bother me. But I just you know when you have a guy that's dominating like that, it can definitely backfire on you in a hurt, in a heartbeat. I I don't have any issues with Tory the person, but the manager sometimes I beat my head against the wall. And one of the things I haven't liked in this series is. I get the Phillies have great pop-up times, and I understand the analytics that have said, especially with Zach Wheeler, he gives up some hits on the slide step. So their thought process is let guys stay at first base, force the slide step. But aren't you handcuffing what got you here when you do that? I would rather have my kids be aggressive. And you know what? If I have to lose being myself, I have to lose being myself. I think the decision to say, "Uh uh-oh, they're good. I don't want to send young kids out there with the thought of don't do this. Go be aggressive and go be you. But that's analytics again. Analytics say, hey, we've got to do it this way. But do you agree that you can handcuff your kids when you put all these rules on them? I look at like what got you here, right? Yes. So there was plenty of guys that slide that did the slide step before the season started, or I mean before the postseason started, and they were still stealing bases. Um, so part of their game, a big part of their game, is, is running. You got Corbin Carroll that can steal a bag anytime he wants to. Uh, Dave McKay is the best in the business at first base of reading pitches and knowing when to go. Amen. I mean, he, he, he spends a lot of time uh, studying these pitchers. So, uh, with saying that, I mean, you got to stay in your game. They wreak havoc on the bases. They put pressure on the defense. When you put pressure on the defense, you're obviously putting pressure on the, on the, on the pitcher. And if you can keep Wheeler um, thinking about being a little bit quicker to, to home plate, obviously – he might elevate some pitches, but if that guy's in motion, now you got a chance to go first to third. I mean, in Corbin Carroll's case, uh, somebody hit the gapper, he might go from first to home. So mm-hmm. uh, you got to put pressure on the defense. You got to put pressure on, uh, on, the, on the starting pitching, and you got to stay in your game and, and understand what got you there. Go deep for me on something. I can't imagine how many times in your life you've sat in an office and explained to a young major leaguer why he's going to AAA, why he's going to AA, and it happened to Brandon Fought twice. What do you say to pitchers on their way down, and what did he show you about his postseason performances when he's been a pitcher that was sent down twice this year? I mean, it's tough, and there's there's a, a lot of a lot of times it's roster decisions. It's not always necessarily about if the guy has pitched bad or not. It's maybe if the guy's coming off the IL or or if they have to just rearrange the roster. So uh, a lot of times when you send a guy down and you know you're gonna, he's going to come back, you just kind of say, "Hey, listen, I, I need to go down there and I need you to work on a couple things." Um, and when you're when you're a rookie, that's sometimes just the way it is. 
Um, uh, you want to soften the blow, but they understand that they have a chance to come back, an opportunity to come back, and they need to go down there with a great mental mindset and stay focused on what the, uh, the big plan is overall. But, um, you know, he came back up, and he has absolutely been amazing. Pounded the strike zone, get his breaking ball over, ahead and behind the county, and he's able to locate uh, when he's ahead in the count to get punch outs and weak contact mm-hmm. as well. So hats off to him. He's, he's throwing the ball extremely well. He's done a great job. This is such a huge leap to say about a rookie, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm sure when they come up, it's, hey, my fastball's gotten everybody out since junior high and high school and even in the minors, and, they, and they're still a thrower. Did is Brandon Fought actually become a pitcher in only one year? Uh, I think he's <clears throat> excuse me. I think he's had a lot of a. Uh, I think he's been a pitcher. Let's put it that way. Wow. I mean, he's uh, when, when a guy can come up and uh, and command those type of pitches. Um, he's he's learning how to pitch. I think Brent Strom's done a great job with him, uh, helping him understand uh, commanding the strike zone, controlling counts, and putting hitters away. And uh, he, he's just done a great job. So I don't, I don't know necessarily that he's always been a thrower. I think he's been a guy that has had great stuff. And he's able to locate, you know, I, I like the little backdoor slider. They just, you know, they call it a sweeper now. But, I mean, he's able to locate on both sides of the plate. I and mean, that's, that's, that's very good for such a young guy. Uh, hats off to the minor league uh, player development uh, staff there. They've done a great job of preparing him to get up to the big leagues and compete at this level and to pitch like this. I mean, the last guy I saw pitch like this was John Lackey in 2002. Wow. He was a rookie and he pitched game seven. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, it's a big feat and, and it's a lot of pressure. And when you're on the big stage and the playoffs are the big stage no matter what, I mean, NLCS is, is a big deal, right? And then if you, you, you get the dance or you play for the World Series, uh, there's a little bit more pressure on you. But uh, this, this kid has definitely risen to the occasion. Uh, he's prepared. They've done a great job with him. And uh, it's it's been uh, – he's been fun to watch. So, Butch, what do you think of yeah. this phrase? Because you're the one – you're old school. You're even – you're one of the few people that are older school than me, and that's what I love about you. But are you – when you hear the phrase bullpen day – it's not like you can create a starting pitcher when you don't have one. At the same time, how did we get here in the first place? What does an old school guy say to the phrase bullpen day like we have in game four tonight? Uh, you know, uh, I've had to do bullpen days. It's, uh, it's just part of, the, it's part of the game right now. Uh, when you don't have a deep starting rotation, uh, you're going to have bullpen days. So... I think in some ways it's kind of scary because you just don't know what you're always going to expect in those days. Uh, but those guys are more of going out there and getting, you know, 27 outs, right? So mm-hmm. you just have to break up those outs and see how they come along. But uh, it's scary. You know, you'd rather have a, a guy that can go out there and go four or five innings in the playoffs. I mean, you want to go deeper, obviously. But if you get five innings or 15 outs – uh, on a day like this, out of your starting pitcher, you're you're in a better position than you can line up your bullpen six, seven, eight, nine. But uh, a full on bullpen day is tough to manage. Um, the the counter side to that would be, you know, your the opposing lineup is facing a different different pitcher every time through the uh, the batting order. So 
uh, that that's a little bit tough as well for them. So it's, it's hard for them to adjust. So. Yeah, hard for it them to prepare. That makes sense. All right, last question is really simple. If I want the pizza butcher in my life, what do I do? Can the truck park out, outside my house? Can we have it here at the station? Or is it more of a you're at fairs and things like that? How do I get pizza butcher? We've, we've been doing so many private events, but uh, you can book us. Um, online, or you can call our 480-496-2324 number. And uh, we are actually opening up a restaurant as well. Oh! Called Off 87. It's on uh, Arizona Avenue, in between Arizona Avenue, Alma School on uh, Ocotillo Road. So, hence Off 87. And uh, it was the former Ginger Monkey, so we uh, okay. under new ownership, new, new, uh, new partnership as well. A uh, whole new concept. We're gonna have live music, live live band karaoke, uh, live DJs. It's gonna be really. We got a great chef too. We have an amazing chef. So uh, highly touted chef. He was in Utah recently, but he's uh this guy is uh, he's a, we're gonna pick out some good food. Butch, I think I think you're breaking up because you meant to say Goodyear, and I, I heard something about Arizona Avenue. I heard all East Side, and I I know you meant Goodyear. Come on, that's where we need you. Yeah, well, I you know with these food trucks, you gotta get licensed in every city you go to. They don't make it easy out here. Oh, now that is that <laughs> so is Goodyear. Yeah, Goodyear's a haul. There but, should uh, be a Maricopa hey, I'll, County I'll, I'll license. Tell you what. Yeah, no doubt. I can get you an Uber here and on the way back how about that thank you you know me (laughs) i'm still the same dude i'll mooch in a heartbeat butch i know you got to get back to work thanks for giving me 10 minutes it's great to talk to you great talking to you man Thank you. We'll thank you. you. Absolutely. There right. is Mike Butcher, former Diamondbacks uh, uh, pitching coach, four years as a major league big leaguer, and a uh, just record-setting numbers when he was with the Angels as well. So thanks to Butch for joining us. Now let's go to our next guest, Steve McCollum of the main event, who's getting ready to do the main event with Dale Hellestray. And, uh, you know, I've already said my opinion today, Steve. Yes, it worked. I hated the move. Leave the kid in. What do you think? Yeah, it, just because it worked doesn't mean it was the right move. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh, you know, it's um, that's the way baseball goes. Sometimes they make the worst moves on the planet, and it works out one hundred percent. Dude, analytics gotta go. It's <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. And then afterwards, he's all you know, we have this and this, dude. You're overthinking, man. Go out there. Go by your gut. And, you know, they said it best on the broadcast, and I agreed with it 100%. I was actually writing a tweet, and I deleted it. I was mad because they said it. <laughs> what's the worst case? What's the, what's the worst case? Swerver hits a home run, and you're down one nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's worst case scenario. Leave him in there to finish out. It's just stupid. Finish yeah. out that inning. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Uh, damn you, Moneyball. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked it. If you had, if if tomorrow you've got something like uh, Garrett yeah. G- uh, Garrett Cole pitching, yeah. but to do it before a bullpen day anyway really drove me crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'd be more outraged that we're in the National League Championship Series and we have a bullpen game today. Yeah, how? How I don't know how else to, how white trash are we looking right now to the baseball world, right? Like, this is how dumb we are, folks. You you want fans to show up in the ballpark? You want fans to be excited to be there all season long? You want to be have this great crowd base built up and everybody complains about the crowd not showing up? I don't know. I got an idea. Don't 
have a bullpen game because you don't have a number four pitcher out there. I'm just going to go out on a limb here. Even though it drives me nuts, even though you're right, this has been one of the biggest organizational failures because, to my knowledge, and I would love for somebody, and I, I want to be educated if I'm wrong on this, to my knowledge, the last pitcher that the Arizona Diamondbacks drafted, developed, <laughs> and then signed to a new contract. So, And when I say new contract, I mean he got to free agency and you wanted to keep him. I think it was Brandon Webb. I, I, I don't remember you, the last you time. You probably are not wrong because I was going to say Webb. Yeah. yeah, that's the last time I can remember that they've drafted a pitcher and developed him and kept him and he succeeded at the yeah. major league level. Well, that's a failure of, you know, obviously scouting department and development. Oh, and that's like a 20-year yeah, block Yeah, I mean, of it's, it too. It, like, it's not just this regime. This right. regime's developing kids now, but we've seen a lot of failures uh, this year as well, right? So, um, you know, it, look, you got to give Brandon Fodd all the credit. He's yes. everything he was build to be going in there. He's built for these moments. Uh, you know, I would have been, look, now if you left a Brandon Fott out there and he gave up five runs and they ended up, but they gave up the one run anyway. Yeah. With yeah. the bullpen. So what would have mattered in that situation? And then I just don't like the joking around afterwards. Like, oh, I better boot myself too. Shut up. <laughs> Get out of here with that garbage. Uh, just like uh, I heard Dale Hellestray on the main event yesterday not rip you, but come at you as a coach hater. Are yeah. you a coach hater? Uh, no, I'm uh, – the problem with Dale, and he's not here today, so I can speak freely without <laughs> fear of uh, being uh, killed. But um, he's out calling the Ohio State-Penn State game this weekend for USA Network. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so life's rough for him, right? That's awesome. Uh, but um, – no, I'm not a coach hater. Uh, I will call out stupid plays. I will call mm-hmm. out stupid thing managers do. And I also give them credit when they do good stuff and it works out as well. Uh, he's just a Diamondback homer. He's like he's like all the other Diamondbacks fans in town. They can do no wrong. Dale is? Yeah. Oh, oh. oh look. Uh, you, you give Tory credit for where they are today, 100,000%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also can look at him and be like, what the bleep are you doing, man? Yeah. You uh, you going to Seattle? Come on, you you you're an ASU season ticket yeah. holder. You're a Cardinals season ticket holder. You get both in one space. Let's go. Yeah, they both suck. Why would I? Why would I bother with that? <laughs> well, you got the tickets to begin with. Well, not in Seattle. I don't have the tickets. Oh, okay. I just meant uh, in general. I was trying to build you up to show you the the, the level of fandom that you have. And then, yeah, well, there's a difference between me going to a game because it's down the road oh, oh, uh, and me flying two and a half hours across, you know, spending all this money to go watch the teams get destroyed. I wasn't even talking about flying. You could probably drive it in. Oh, yeah. That's 21 yeah, yeah, hours. Cause, yeah, because gas is cheap right now. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. probably right. be cheaper to fly. Right, and I, I, I tried. I thought it'd be yeah. a great weekend in Seattle because I think they have one nice restaurant. Uh, oh, no. Seattle's a beautiful place, man. If you can spend a week there, I mean, get past the politics of it. It's a beautiful <laughs> place. You'd love it. Better than San Francisco nowadays. <laughs> The main event, not with Dale Hellestray today. Coming up at 8 o'clock this morning. He's on till 10. And then Izzy on Sports is from 10 to noon. Again, before I get into Versus Vegas, thanks to CEO Chris, Jeff Weir Production, and a ton of work behind the scenes by Izzy for us to pull off our first breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. I went a little, little long, so I got some work to do on it too, but it shows you how much editing I used to do to get that thing right. All right, let's get to uh, versus Vegas today. 
I went one and one yesterday. Brandon Fott basically dotted me. I said that game would go over nine runs, and uh, I don't think a two-to-one score, two plus one, carry the five. No, it doesn't get over nine runs, so I blew that one. And then I told you if Trevor Lawrence starts, and as long as he's not listed as inactive, I like Jacksonville plus the two. Wish I would have taken him on the money line, but I still got it right as they beat New Orleans pretty good, and the Saints came back to make the score look a little bit closer. That puts me at 1,012, 918, and 5. I'm on a mini run, though. I'm 18, 7, and 1 in my last 26 games. So that's going pretty well. And. I'm still pretty jacked up about my Alex Bregman home run at plus 700 that I had the other day. So today's games, or this weekend's game, no way am I touching Diamondbacks. I hate bullpen days. I don't trust them. But it's not like the Phillies are throwing their gauntlet at the Diamondbacks either. So I don't have any idea what's going to happen today. I'm going to the game, cheering as a fan, but I don't know. So I'm, I'm not touching this game with my wallet. I do like the Rangers on the money line today. I think Verlander will have a good game, but in a short stint. And I think they're going to take him out. And then I think Texas is going to be able to take a late lead. So I like the Rangers on the money line. Um, My Bobcats are actually, I think they're number six in in rush defense. And they're a top 20 offense. They're playing really good football. And I don't think Western Michigan is very good. And a lot of times the Bobcats have had 21-point margins they had to cover. Tomorrow it's only 17. Yes, I'm a Bobcat fan. And if you think that clouds my judgment, go ahead and rip me. I just look at it as... I know my team really well, so I and they're coming off of a brutal loss, an embarrassing loss to a bad Northern Illinois team. I really like the Bobcats minus the 17. I didn't say love, but I like it. Michigan is having all kinds of arguments about them possibly stealing signs. They hate Michigan State. Michigan State hates them. And therefore, neither team is going to stop, even if Michigan gets a big lead. I love the over 46 and a half. That seems really easy to get me at about a 30 to 10 score. And then for Michigan to want more and give me one more touchdown. So I like over the 46 and a half for Michigan, Michigan State. And then I think Green, I don't know if anybody's paying attention to Green Bay and Denver. I think these two teams are awful. And the total is that is sitting at 45 right now. Do you really believe in Russell Wilson enough and Jordan Love? to say those teams are going to score somewhere around 23 points apiece. I I don't like that. I think they're that bad offensively. I like a 24-10, something like that outcome, maybe 20-10. to 10. I don't think they get over 45, so I'll take the under 45 on Packers at mile high. So I got Rangers on the money line. Bobcats covering the 17. Michigan, Michigan State over Green Bay, Denver, under. That does it for today's version on a beer Friday of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Number one, thanks, Mike Butcher. That was 
That was fantastic. I know, and for those of you that were dealing with the construction noises in the back, thanks for sucking it up. I thought it was great information and great way to wrap up Diamondbacks talk going into the weekend before tonight's game at 5 o'clock. Thanks to Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. Uh, Just great people. Show up on time. Take care of the situation. Get it right the first time. We were, I was a customer of theirs long before I was ever somebody that actually talked to you about them. I believe in them that much. And uh, can't wait to see them. I'm going to uh, get together with them next Wednesday. Just friends of the family. Just normal people that own Parker and Sons. Um, uh, Bell's Nashville Kitchen. Hey, don't forget, today's the week of winners. You can win $100, two $50 gift cards, $100 to spend at Bell's Nashville Kitchen in Old Town Scottsdale. Rosati's is the official sports bar of Doug Franz Unplugged, but only the one in Chandler at Ray and McQueen. And, of course, Burrito Express, home of the greatest breakfast burrito in mankind's history. I had the steak and egg yesterday. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was fantastic. And it's so good, and it's so huge. You can cut it in half and have it for the other half for lunch. Or, if you're not a huge eater, bring somebody with you. Get one burrito. It's going to fill you both up, and you're set, and you save a ton of money. Imagine having breakfast for two people for 10 bucks, and it's better than anywhere you get. Really, 9 bucks if you get one of the big breakfast burritos. And if you get a chance today, I'd love for you to help me out, Unplugged Army. Go to UnpluggedAtWhirlwind.com. That's UnpluggedAtWhirlwind.com. And educate yourself about the Whirlwind Plus plan. And even if you're not a golfer, the savings are so unbelievable, it might be worth it. Because you also save at the spa, you also save at at rooms, and the best wings in the city are at Siblick, and you get them for 15% off all the meals. And if you're shopping for any golfers as we get closer to Christmas, you get 15% off the pro shop, too. That's a huge deal. Just go to UnpluggedAtWhirlwind.com to learn more. All right. Let's get jacked up. Here we go. Game four. Get the win today. We're tied up at two games apiece before tomorrow's game five. Diamondbacks, Phillies. We're going to have a lot of great coverage for you coming up starting on Monday. We got Steve McCollum coming up next to talk about that decision of pulling Brandon Fott, but also how great that win was for the Diamondbacks to be able to come through in the clutch and Cattell Marte doing it. Izzy on sports is coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. And don't forget Sunday morning, the organic football show to get you all of the people that are inactive, especially those of you that have got Christian McCaffrey, those of you that got Debo Samuel, those of you that might even like the Cardinals defense in Seattle, you'll want to know about Buda Baker. Get everything you want for late-minute inactives on the organic football show that comes your way at uh, 9 o'clock on Saturday or on Sunday morning. That does it for me. The main event is up next. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.